Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by... I'm Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast. And how are we today? Very tired today. We uh, we were just talking before we started recording that I'm not making much sense today, which is fantastic. Uh, no different from normal then. That's right. I had I had a very 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 bad night's sleep last night. For for anyone that isn't in the UK, we're recording this on the 20th of July, and we've just come out of like a two day heat wave. Uh, I think it's been the hottest in the UK that it's ever been recorded, isn't it? Um, yeah over 40 degrees it's been intense and for any american listeners that think well i think for for americans that's 100 degrees celsius um which you know is a lot but we don't have aircon and stuff over here and i I stayed in a hotel last night uh premier inn and it didn't have any aircon and it just had a fan that was just blowing hot hot air around the room it was very bad time so I'm very tired Did today. you also have the heating on? And Yes, yes, uh, put the heating on. It, it was that bad. At about 9.30 last night, I uh, I just filled up the bathtub with cold water. I just got in a cold bath. <laughs> like I just needed better, better it. Better sleep in the bath. And then I drowned and now uh, died and now I'm here. So what do you think about <laughs> that? Well, that's, a, that's an intro and a half. I'm, I don't know if we can top that. I'm a ghost. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit cooler today, so I think yeah. I'm enjoying the uh, relative lack of heat compared to yesterday. Yeah, it was a bit um, much, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Especially, I mean, I was sitting at a desk with several electronic items running at the time, so that amplified it a bit, which wasn't pleasant. Do, do you know, um, though, what is a really good place to be when it's really hot? What's that? In a car with good AC. And speaking of Did cars... You have a dog in the car with you? No, you can't. No, you can't leave dogs in. No, you can't do that. Can't do that. No dogs in hot cars. Not allowed to do that. No dogs. But... Were you trying to do a link? That was a segue. So, yes, we are talking about cars. Um, for the third time uh, during the podcast, we are talking about cars. Um, specifically about cars, which is uh, in today's episode, which focuses on number 38 on the Metacritic Top 100 list, which is Gran Turismo 3 A-Spec, with a score of 95, released on the PlayStation 2 in the year 2001. Okay, Um, so as usual, we start off with our history with the game slash history with the series. Do you have history with the game slash series? No history with the game. This was my first time playing it for podcasts. We've discussed uh, previously that I, I had a bit of experience with uh, Gran Turismo 1 on the PS1. And obviously we, we've played both of those games for the podcast now. Uh, but this was my first time playing this game. No memories with it. No nostalgia. No history. My only history with A-Spec is buying it from a CEX store when I was in Lancaster with you. So I think I picked up a few games that weekend that we saw on the list. Uh, but other than that, none. What about you? Um, I actually had this game back in early 2000s. I bought this game probably during my... I mean, I bought 
so many hundreds of games on the PS2. I just was in an endless cycle of buying and selling games. And I picked up Gran Turismo 3 um, at some point. I didn't make much progress with it. Um, I do remember the um, the night mission um, in, on the city track. I think that might be Saul. I don't know if that's correct. Could, could have just made that up. Um, but either way, I do remember that track. I remember playing it at the time. Um, but I don't have many other um, strong memories of this game. But I did play it at the time. And I think I concluded at the time. Um, not necessarily my cup of tea. Uh, but I did go on to, uh, I think I mentioned this in the earlier Gran Turismo episodes, I went on to play Gran Turismo 5 Prologue, and I really, really enjoyed it. I don't know if it's because it was a more bite-sized game, and um, progression was a bit easier, and you got to unlock those nice cars, and obviously it was a real showcase for the PS3 at the time. Um, yeah, so I really enjoyed that one. But that's the only one that I've really enjoyed. I played Gran Turismo 5 afterwards and I couldn't really get into it again. So, very strange. These games are intimidating. Um, okay, this, so is, this is also ver- the, the second best selling game on the PS, uh, PS2 as well, isn't it? Just behind San Andreas. That's, that's pretty remarkable, isn't it? It is. I was watching a review for this game as someone said, I didn't really know anyone that didn't have this game on PS2. And I immediately thought, well, I didn't have it, but <laughs> I I vividly remember the the box art of this game being very well known. Or I don't know, I saw it a lot of places that I went or in game shops and stuff. You know, the the the, the cover art of it holds a bit of nostalgia for me, even though I've never played it. Yeah, I think it was sold and resold um, lots of times, so you'd always see it in yeah, game shops. Definitely. Back in the day. Um, so you mentioned buying the game in Lancaster at CEX. So what version did you play? Uh, PS2. So as uh, as uh, we've famously discussed a few times on this podcast, my PS2 died when I tried to play Half-Life on it months and months and months ago. But I've, I've got a new PS2 since then. So played it on the PS2. Oh, you've actually got a new PS2 now. Yeah, yeah. I've got one of the... Uh, I know you were borrowing your friends for a while, but I didn't know you got a new one. Yeah, I got uh, just off eBay, you know, one of the slimline ones with the, the open and shut case on top. That's good, that's good. Yeah, so got one of those for the time being, which is, is good. But yeah, paid on the PS2, I'm guessing the same for you? Yeah, it's the only version available. Um, so it was a bit of a, a, a sort of loaded question in a way. Um, yeah, the... the these games were never made available elsewhere, but I suppose you could have played it on the PS3 um, via backwards compatibility. Or the Game Boy um, Color. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, surprisingly not. No. Um, yeah, so. Oh wow. <laughs> it, it, yeah, so it's a bit of a um, bit of a a unique case in that it's only available on the, the PS2. Um, I don't know if they'll ever make these games available again. Uh, can't really see it. No, if they've not done it yet, it's pro- probably unlikely, isn't it? Yeah, it seems like they're going down the monetization route with the new Gran Turismo. Shock. Um, so, yeah, um, I know there are mixed feelings about that within the community. Okay, so as we always do with a sequel, and this is our second sequel to the Gran Turismo series that we're playing, um, 
What what has changed between this game and Gran Turismo 2 um, from your perspective? This game feels a lot more... I don't know if you'd agree, but it feels a lot more casual friendly. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I very much got that vibe with... I was talking to, um, to my colleague, George, earlier today, who's a friend of the show. He He's a big fan of the Gran Turismo games, and he said something to me that kind of rings true. He said that the first two Gran Turismo games feel like arcades, like they're very arcadey, whereas this one was the first one that felt like a driving simulator, which is what Gran Turismo advertises itself as. Um, See, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think they were all quite driving simulatory but certainly maybe from the menu perspective mm. um well, I mean, those, those menus were littered in the old games it yes very intimidating and they've stripped it back a lot this time which i'm grateful for yes yeah. it was a lot of clutter in the first two games um so now instead of having you know buying used cars from several different places you get all your cars from the same place um which is just cleaner and a lot more easier to track i feel that, you know, there's one place that you go for your cars, one place that you go to tune your cars up on the Gran Turismo mode. This is, um, and obviously the the step up with three from two is that the first two games in the series were on the PS One, whereas this was the first game to be um, on the PS Two. It was originally going to be called Gran Turismo Two Thousand, but they um, they went for a spec in the end, and it came out in one like you said. Um, and I've I've looked I've done a bit of research into this game and it seems that they decided that they could have either gone with more vehicles or more um, attention on the graphics and it seems they've done more attention on the graphics in this game and it shows because it still looks good um, you know over twenty years since it came out but there have been tweaks uh, and improvements it feels a lot tighter there are a few little extra things added in for for ease of of play. It's just small things. What 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 would you say, Major, that's changed? Yeah, so uh, Gran Turismo 2000, there was a demo for that that actually did release. And um, that is sort of a very interesting case of, of being a, almost an in-between between Gran Turismo 2 and 3. And um, still uses a lot of the same models, but they've kind of... Um, up-res them for the PS2. There's a there's there's some digital foundry videos on the Gran Turismo games, and uh, he goes through them in, in great detail as to what's changed. And they also doubled the frame rate between uh, two and three. Yes. So it goes from thirty to sixty. So it's a much more responsive game. And yeah, it, the graphical touches in this game really stand out. It's really quite impressive for a game from two thousand and one. The cars still look great. Um, the lighting model is very yeah, good. Yeah, the lighting in particular. And, and it's stuff like um, when you drive through trees, you can see that the fake sun rays coming through. And yeah, there's just a lot of attention to detail here. And although it is a realistic game, there is um, quite a strong stylistic art style there that um, I think makes it look quite nice today. Um, so yeah, I think... I think, um, and we're gonna, we're going to come back to this idea of um, this this leap uh, later on, but yeah, a lot has changed. The streamlining of the menu is a huge thing, um, and yeah, I, I much preferred it this time than last time, where I was muddling around and 
on on the PS1 when you go from from menu screen to menu screen, there's usually a loading time as well, whereas it's quite fluid here. Yeah. To go from one screen to the next, which is nice. Um, okay, so straight on to our ever-present feature, gameplay is king. Is Gran Turismo Three fun to play? Yeah, it's it's more fun than the other two, I, f- I think, and I, I I believe that just comes from the improvements that they made on it. Like I said, this game's a lot tighter. Um, you know, it it feels a lot easier to play, and it not that the first two felt floaty, but the the steering in particular on this game is very responsive. I found, and particularly if if you're on a good track, if you're on a good um, map, and you you've got the right car for it, this game is very fun, because I found that the the cars the 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 AI on this game they feel a bit more aggressive i don't know if you'd agree but it felt like there was a bit more of a a fair challenge rather than an unfair challenge of the cars just always being able to to keep up with you no matter what their spec was this one it felt like a fair challenge and it felt like some cars would be more aggressive and would really make you work for that lead you know well uh gran turismo as a series famously up until the more recent entries used used rubber banding where if you were in a certain position, those cars that were ahead of you would never get too far ahead, and those cars that were behind you would never get too yeah. far behind. So they all kind of attracted to you. Um, so yeah, I think that's still very very much present and correct here. And I also think the, the realism that the graphics bring and that, that huge upgrade to the graphics um, highlights the fact that there is no significant damage in this game, and um, we I think we talked about it before with the older games. But you're right. I mean, you, you do get aggressive AI in this game. What tends to happen is they'll your your car will bounce off them. Usually, bounce off the track, and then you'll go into a skid, um, which which is which is quite funny. That's the, I mean that's just par for the course. But yeah, I I, I found the uh, lack of a damage model here more notable than in the previous two games. Um, and that's probably because of the graphics, isn't it? Yeah, and obviously with with the damage model, you've got to have the physics behind it. You've got to then have the damaged cars, um, the actual models for them. So, yeah, I think it would have created a lot more work for the developers. So they chose not to, probably wisely, um, but just, just noteworthy in its omission in the other games from around the time we're starting to include... Uh, I mean, sh- I'm sure you could find games on the older systems having damage models, so it just, it. I suppose it's where your game focuses and they chose not to focus on it. Um, I think it is fun. Uh, it, it still hurts my hands to play this game. I don't know if it's just playing on the old PS2 controller. Maybe. But I, f- I find that controller has not aged very well. No. And... Um, We've been spoiled yeah, by much... better, more recent controllers, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I actually, th- this was one thing functionality-wise that I, w- I was really pleased with. You can actually remap the buttons. So instead of um, using the X button to accelerate, I shifted it to the R2 button, yeah. which felt much more modern. Um, I love games, old games, that, that have the ability to remap buttons. I just feel like... It can make some of those older games so much more playable. Um, uh, so yeah, it was, that was a, a nice bit of functionality in there. But yeah, it, it is fun. Um, I would 
as a person, this is this is purely me. As a person, I do prefer more um, arcadey sort of entertaining car experiences. But um, I know that there are there are people that love um, car sims, and this is that. So yeah, th- there's so. that aspect for me. Yeah. Um. So, what's your favourite thing to do in this game? Well, I mean, th- that's a very drive cars. Question, I think. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, do, do you like braking? Do you like? Yeah, I like the braking. Braking like scary. Um, we like. <laughs> do you like winning, losing? Oh, I love the winning. Lo- love that. There are there are elements in this game that aren't that good, like the license tests. Just, I've never really enjoyed that aspect of Gran Turismo anyway. Um, but the thing that I liked about this one was because it felt a lot more accessible to casual players like like ourselves. Uh, did you do much with the single player race modes, like the the arcade? I did a little bit. I didn't do. I, I I mainly focused in the Gran Turismo mode, but I did do a bit on the uh, arcade. Races. I was the opposite, so I didn't do too much in the Gran Turismo mode. I did a lot of the arcade, and with this game, is the case that most of the cars, if you just want to do like a few races here and there, they're pretty much most of them are available from the get go. I think it's most of them. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's some of the, some of the the rarer ones are still missing. Um, you don't get any Aston Martins in that mode, but you do get, as you say, some faster cars. You get some um, some of the uh, street racing cars and stuff like that as well. So it's yeah, yeah. There's definitely a, a bit more user friendly in that way as well. Yeah, and I spent most of my time in single player mode, just like testing out the different cars, going on different tracks, which I really enjoyed doing. Um, in specifics of what my favourite move was, I'd say indication is fantastic. <laughs> Not no, there's there's no indication, but yeah, it's it's hard to say, isn't it? But I, I will reiterate that the the tightness of the controls has really improved this time round, which yeah, I think makes quite a difference with that sixty frame per second um, implementation as well. So. I'd say my favourite thing to do on this game was just trying out all the different cars and seeing which ones I, were, I was good with and which ones I was absolutely pants with. What about yourself? I'd say... I think I might have said it in the older games as well, but um, I'm going to call it my favourite manoeuvre is to uh, pick a track and then use a car, obviously. No bicycles here. <laughs> no, no bicycles here. This is not San Andreas. Um, and... You go to your first corner, and obviously all the cars are still quite closely clumped together, and they're all braking, and then you just use the cars as buffers, and then you get into second or first yeah, place yeah. just by using them as buffers and not braking at all and speeding past them. That's always great fun to do, and it was often my way of uh, getting into those pole positions in order to win the race. So yeah, uh, it's a bit, it's a bit. Um, cheap of me but yeah it's, it's entertaining exactly and that's what's so important that's yeah you've got to create your own fun don't you i agree um okay so on to the audio of this game which i actually think was a bit of a departure from the previous games so do you want to talk a bit about the audio in this game yeah i mean the audio i the the, the main menu sounds a lot of them feel like they, they sound similar to the first two games um but what I said earlier about this having a bit of a departure from the arcade 
it does feel like the music still, still feels very arcadey on the main menus. But this game's got a really good soundtrack. Uh, a lot of licensed tracks that took, yeah. took me back to... Same with t- Tony Hawk games. Took me back to being a teenager. Yep. You know, you've got... Um, You've got Goldfinger on there with 99 Red Balloons, which is on my, my Spotify playlist. Like, it's a great track. You've got a couple of feeder songs in there as well, like Buck Rogers, Just yep. a Day. Um, and then you've also got... I know that it varies uh, between regions, but you've got um, Snoop Dogg in there. You've got Motley Crue, um, Grand Theft Audio as well. Like, just some really solid licensed tracks in this game that really make a bit of a different difference i think um and probably if i'd played this game when i was younger i'd have loved that because there are some quality tracks in this game um and by tracks i mean songs not tracks as in race tracks but race tracks too um but yeah the, the, the sound design in this game is solid um i mean i i'm not the, the person that can tell you if that bmw sounds like what a bmw should sound like but in terms of the music brilliant and that the menu stuff i really liked it. it it was quite a nostalgic trip in terms of just arcade music which i always like what what would you say knowing the attention of polyphony to getting the cars right which is one thing they've yeah. always done probably better than any other company um the bmw probably does sound authentic that's my guess um but yeah uh, i was pleasantly surprised by the soundtrack here um, because I don't remember there being as much licensed stuff in the older games yeah and I, and and I was playing this and I thought okay I'm getting real yeah early 2000s video game vibes from this game songs that I recognize and I thought this is this is cool um, yeah cruising around decent music on and I think they kind of left some of it behind in the future games but yeah it was, it was of its time but yeah it ticked the ticked the, ticked, ticked the nostalgia box for me I think with that which is always good okay so we've talked about the visuals um, really quite extensively let's go on to our question of the week now here is um, a bold statement but many people do believe this many believe that this game represents the single greatest generational leap in the history of the medium of video games which is obviously a very bold statement um so firstly i'm going to say do you agree and then i'm going to ask you for some other notable examples of games that really push the boundaries with their um their next generation version yeah um this was a very early ps2 game wasn't it and i've watched uh, quite a few videos where people say that this was probably one of the best looking games on the PS2 and I mean like, like we said it, it really does hold up over 20 years later so there are other games that really push the boundary in terms of their um, their next gen kind of origin but Prowess. yeah th- this this game certainly does stand out and I mean I think if you compared this to other PS2 games that came out towards the end of that console's life cycle, and bear in mind, the the PS2, I think the last last games that came out for it were, I think FIFA 2014 was one of the last ones, so 2013, so that's, you know, a 12, 13 year 
lifespan and although the last few years they wouldn't have been actually making many games for it i think there'd be an argument to say that the gt3 stands up still against a lot of those later games and i don't know what it is about early ps2 games like the the but the, the big studio games that put them so far ahead but it's the same with metal gear solid 4 on the ps3 I think we we've noted a couple of times that that was that, going to be one of my ones that that was such a I mean that still looks good today yeah. against games that are coming out amazing today yeah it, it's it's mad um, other examples that I'd give it's not a game that I really like um, but Infamous Second Son still looks fantastic and that was an early PS4 game yeah you've got hmm. See, because I, because I didn't know the question beforehand, I'm gonna to have to think a little bit. But that was the first one that I've came to my head. Yeah. So, um, I think Metal Gear as a series um, is is good for this question because, again, not just Metal Gear Solid Four, Metal Gear Solid Two, even Metal Gear Solid Five. In terms of graphics, it's it was pretty outstanding. Yes. Um, they were always pushing the boundary in terms of the technology, which was nice. Um, other ones, I just had some, but yeah. So um, I'm thinking of Killzone, Killzone between Killzone one and two. That was a huge, yeah. huge jump. Um, Halo. So yeah, that yeah yeah, Halo. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank, but yeah no. So uh, it's it's, I, it's I a think, lot easier um, to think of games from back then, isn't it? Than like for the PS4 or PS5 because like now like you look at the comparison between the PS1 and the PS2 is crazy whereas you look at the comparison between the PS4 and PS5 it's there but it's nothing nothing major you know I always thought a big one for me was um, although Uncharted 1, 2 and 3 look really really good especially on the PS3 Uncharted 4 just it was a real showcase for the ps4 and you could argue last of us last of us 2 but obviously last of us 2 ran on probably the same engine as uncharted 4 so uncharted 4 kind of um made the new ground first another Um, example you can use is mario sunshine yeah and someone else so so in that video that digital foundry video they said mario 64 obviously going from yeah uh 2d mario to mario 64 that's the I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than that. Um, so that's a good example as well. But yeah, you're right. So it's it's easier to identify for older games than it is now. Um, I mean, you could point to things like Resident Evil 4. and yeah. I mean, A lot of stuff on this list is, is good generationally, actually. Although Resident Evil 4 wasn't the first Resident Evil of that generation. Um, it was the first numbered version since 3. Yeah, um, that released on next gen. So, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting question. Um, so, as for whether this game, what do you think? Uh, maybe, maybe you don't know enough or, or or feel strongly enough about this game to to answer. But, um, going on your gut instincts, what would you say? Whether this is the single biggest generational leap? Um, maybe. I I don't know. We we we've played we've played a snapshot of it for the, for this podcast, but I'd probably feel better about answering that question 
if it was a PS3 game and it was an early PS3 title because that was when I was a bit more aware. Whereas in 2001, I was playing games, but it wasn't something I was particularly aware of. And looking back on it, it's hard to say. But I guess if you forced, you know, you're forcing me to give you an answer, I'd say, yeah, it is definitely a, a four forerunner because it still looks fantastic today. And I think that's the metric that you have to compare it against, you know? And not just the look, yeah, and- but the, 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 the leaps forward, I guess, in terms of making it more accessible. You know, was this game fun, etc. And although they stripped back, you know, about three, 400 cars, they tuned up the ones that they did keep in 10 times more. Well, you've got the doubling of the frame rate. You've got increased resolution. You've got a widescreen mode. Um, and I think you really hit the nail on the head with this because there are many examples of games that improve between generations but this game released in 2001 and I know that the PS2 I think it originally released in Japan in late 2000 I think it was but over here it released in 2001 yeah and that's the launch year of the PS2 for us in the UK and you get this game within the launch year this game that would hold up for the rest of the PS2's life cycle all the way to 2022 where if they released a HD version of this game it would still look good it would still look really good yeah um i think that's what's impressive about this game how early within the life cycle it came now probably the only other game you'd give that as an argument to or the, the couple are, are probably Super Mario 64 and Metal Gear Solid 2 both came early within the life cycles so it's kind of like coming out the gate swinging and getting it right first time yeah and that's what they did quite obviously did um so as to whether it is or isn't <laughs> i haven't played every game so it's hard to say but it's it's like you said it's definitely um in that conversation probably near the very top of that list yeah so, yeah Definitely. Just an interesting one. We've not really talked about generations, and I thought it'd be interesting to have a conversation about them. Okay, so um, shorter episode today. So on to our wrap up. Does Gran Turismo Three a spec with a score of ninety five appearing at the uh, very reputable spot of thirty eight on our list? Does it deserve to be on the list? Yeah, it's it's a pretty easy yes for me. I definitely put it above the other two. Um, just because of how much further along this game is compared to those two. And if you did have to choose one of the three, it would probably be this one that needs to go on there. Because you and me aren't racing game fans. Like I've said that I enjoy playing the Forza games occasionally, and you enjoy a few games here and there. But we're not really racing game fans, but this was easy to pick up. And it still holds up, you know, over 20 years later, not just on the graphics, but on quite a few different aspects of it as well. And for a PS2 game, I think that's quite an impressive feat. So, yeah, I'd say that it does deserve to be here and it's probably in about the right position. What what do you think? Yeah, I feel most comf- comfortable with Gran Turismo 3 A-Spec being on the list out of the Gran Turismo games. I think... Um, if, again, if I were to choose one, I'd also choose this one. I do think it's a bit of a travesty that we don't have 
any other pure racing games on the list, as far as I can think. Mm. Can you think of any? No, I don't think so. And and the only three that you get are all from the same series. It just seems a bit of a shame because over the history of racing games, there have to be more best game ever contenders um, than just those three. Mario so Kart, double dash. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, yeah. If you go into kart racing, it's a whole different bag, isn't it? Um, yeah. So I just, I just wish that there was a bit more representation because it would give us more comparison yes. uh, points to kind of draw when we're making our conclusions. Yeah. Um, whereas it, 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 we talked about doing an episode um, near the end where we kind of rate the best game in each genre, and I think it's going to be, be Gran Turismo. Short. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a very short one for <laughs> Gran Turismo. Uh, Gran Turismo Three is the winner. I tell you that now. Your winner. Well, I don't know if we can say it's Gran Turismo Three is the winner, but it's definitely going to be a Gran Turismo game that wins that that racing game one. You I know, can say now it's Gran Turismo Three. <laughs> Right, okay, so that, that, that wraps up our episode on Grand Turismo 3. Um, okay, what have we got coming up in two weeks' time? On in the two weeks' time, we've got Baldur's Gate 2, uh, which I really need to start putting some time into because it's a very long game, isn't it? Yeah, I'm probably about 30 or 40 hours in. I'm about 25 hours behind you, so I've got some catching up to do. <laughs> um, have you sourced it? Yeah, I've I've put in a couple of hours. Like, do you remember when we were first going to do it, like months ago? Yeah, well, that's when I started it. Yeah, yeah so I think I put a few hours into it. Do but you know not... what that was? That was, um, I think that was April or May two thousand twenty twenty one. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was over a year ago because I remember I started playing this when I was on a holiday with my parents. Brilliant. So. It's been a long time coming, but yeah. So I, I've not formed an opinion of it yet, and it's uh, it's one that I'm not really familiar with, and it's one I don't think either of us have played before, is it? So it's uh, yes, it's definitely an unusual one. Yes. So join us in two weeks for that. In the meantime, you can catch us on social media at the Long Short Fit Podcast. Uh, we're on email at the Long Short Fit Podcast at hotmail.com. and if you enjoy it, please you know give us a share, give us a rating. Give us some flowers. Give us some... Um, what else do we like? Cake. Yeah, cake. Or you can send Dan some Mr. Blobby merchandise, as he seems to be the... Uh, the Got to get that yeah, Mr. Blobby reference in there. Key throughout these episodes. He is that the was you that time. It's it was. See, I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm tired, but I'm on it. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this episode on Gran Turismo 3. And we will see you in two weeks' time for Baldur's Gate 2. Yes, very good. Cheerio. See you on the next one.